0: Welcome to the Officials Podcast, the show where we talk about umpiring and refereeing in sport. We bring you unique perspectives, interesting guests, and topical conversations. Our aim is to help individuals, groups, and teams across sport and industry share and collaborate on ideas and insights. We invite you to follow our journey. Get involved through Facebook, the Officials Podcast.
1: Welcome to Umpire Referee, the official's podcast, a show where we talk about umpiring and refereeing across sports. I am your host, Chris Donlan, and joining me in the umpire's room this week are two of the very best in their respective fields, the first female AFL goal umpire, Chelsea Roffey, and the highly decorated multiple All-Australian grand final umpire, Matt Stevik. How are you going, guys?
0: Good. Great to be here.
1: Good to be back, Donners. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's great to be back and good to see that you're back on board, Matt, uh, this week joining the uh, the podcast team. Where where were you two weeks ago? Uh, so I was up at uh,
2: Blacktown for the National Diversity Championships, which was a pretty gruelling five days involving uh, young players, under-15s from all over Australia and also umpires from a whole range of diverse backgrounds.
1: All right, Cool. Well this week is community round and what that means is we acknowledge the communities that we all came from, from an umpiring perspective. Um, and this week I was out at the Amateurs, my old stomping ground. Matt, where'd you go? So I was down in Druin at the, uh, now the Gippsland
2: Umpires Association, formerly the West Gippsland Footy Umpires Association back when I started.
1: And Chels, a little bit harder for you to get back to Adelaide and, and Queensland. So um, what, w- what were you up to this week?
0: Yeah, unfortunately didn't get a big uh, interstate trip away, but uh, stayed here at at Icon where we train with the AFL Umpiring Group and gave uh, about 15 or 20 goal umpires a a taste of what it's like to train with the AFL. So we did some um, agility stuff uh, and and sprinting to start off with uh, and then into some skill work and and a video session as well. So it was great to to meet some of the community umpires.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. And we all took our mobile phones out there and we asked some of the young umpires and older umpires mind you to um, perhaps give us um, a little bit of an insight into the things that they like most and find most challenging about umpiring so we'll just play a couple of those now and then we'll have a bit of a chat
3: Hi my name's Jeff, I've been umpiring for five years, I've just joined Gippsland Umpires Association um, in the seniors, before that I did four years of junior umpiring what I like most about umpiring is seeing all the action out on the ground and just being able to control the play. The most challenging thing about umpiring is I feel dealing with disputes if they arise. Um I get in there and clear in communication but sometimes they're a bit out of they can get a bit out of control so I look for the other um support umpire to come and help, if they're there, Um, but most of the time, most of the time um, the most challenging thing is probably just not knowing what the players are going to do on the day.
2: My name is John Breetag, I've been a goal umpire in the Riddle League, I first started in 1974, I umpired for 14 years and then had time off and resumed in 2001. I'm still doing it in 2018, hope to go on a few more years yet. And um, I really love the mateship and the friendship that I've uh, made over the years, both within the umpiring group and in between the clubs. But it's been uh, made uh, mates with people that are going to last a long,
1: long time. Yeah. So we heard from John and Jess there, someone that's you know, very senior and been in the game for a very long time. I think he said 1974 and and young Jess, who's five years young in terms of umpiring. And what caught you, Matt?
2: I think John's case about um, the friendships and the camaraderie, not only with the umpiring group and his peers, but also... Um, the clubs themselves i know from my experience you know for five or six years you get to know a lot of staff from different clubs at local level and you get invited into their club rooms or social rooms after the games and you can build some really um, respectful genuine relationships so Mm. i think
1: um, it's great to see that that still takes place at community level and how much easier is it going to a rooms where they're welcoming they're warm you know a face you know a name uh you know, they give you a nice car spot, especially at local footy. Doesn't it just change the, the feel for the day and the atmosphere for the day, especially from the umpire's point of view? I always found that myself. Yeah, it is challenging. Um, you know, we are a separate group, but I think
2: the best clubs will always integrate and involve the umpires, certainly um, not only post-game, but ensure that they, they feel safe, secure, and that they can go out and do their job uh, for the day uh, as best as they can
0: and i think what jess said about being involved in the game um you know just the the fact that you're out there on the field i think regardless of of what level you're umpiring there's this common thread of having an up close personal view of magical moments that happen and um i think yeah like like i said regardless of what what level you're umpiring at but you know i can remember some amazing moments i've seen at afl level um in particular there was a time over at subiaco it was a a final and Nick Natanui jumping on the line for a contest and just getting a fingertip to the ball and hearing him exhale with effort as he does it. And you can see sort of the beads of sweat on his forehead and just those things. I think as an umpire, you just learn to appreciate and um, it's fantastic to hear the community umpires get that experience too.
1: The game that you're umpiring is the most important game for those 18 or 20, whatever you want to call it, players from each team. Because quite often you think about what other games are going on, but it's that game that's the most important game, and you've got a crucial part in that game and a crucial role. So, yeah, I think that's important too. We'll hear from some more umpires that we interviewed.
3: Hello, my name's Trevor Hobson. I umpire with the uh, GUA in Gippsland.
4: I've been umpiring for 30 years. I enjoy umpiring for the fact that I'm still part of the game. I used to play football. Now that I'm a bit older in the... uh, in the Statesman era, I like umpiring with the younger ones, Bring, a, learn them some of the tricks of the trade. Uh, the toughest thing nowadays I find is the quick young blokes trying
3: to get away from me, but uh, the game's still the same as what it was 20 years. So, yep, thank you very much.
0: Hi, my name's Asha. I've been umpiring in the Vafa for quite a long time now. Um, the thing I like the most about boundary umpiring is the fitness, and funnily enough, the thing I find most challenging is also the fitness.
1: My name's Alex. I've been umpiring in the VAFA for 11 and a bit years and my uh, favourite part about umpiring is you know, constantly challenging yourself and um, having like all the lessons that you learn from umpiring and the most challenging part about it is when you make a decision and, and you know that you've made a mistake but you can't, you've just got to keep going and just uh, refocus yourself. Okay, so we heard from Trevor, Ash, and Alex. There, all had you know very different um, backgrounds and experiences. Again, and but offered some you know slightly different challenges and likes around the game. Matt, what do you think?
2: Well, I think at any level, um, the role of the senior umpires or the experienced umpires is really critical. So, playing that mentoring role, obviously at local level, there's young kids who may aspire to umpire AFL footy, and there's those who have been around. Uh, in Trevor's case, for 30-odd for years. But wonderful to hear his um, great interest in helping these younger umpires with less experience try and grow and develop in the game, and
1: that's really important for these young kids. Mm. And how important is it for local umpiring groups to have a culture that is really warm and welcoming for young umpires? Because, you know, we, we've all turned up to umpire our first game or our first training session... And you know, it can be quite a scary, scary, uh, scary proposition. But to have that really warm, welcoming environment where people feel engaged and part of a team, I think is really important because then they'll come back, especially if they're enjoying it.
0: Makes all the difference, doesn't it? Um, and I think the key thing you've touched on is that um, you know people come from all different backgrounds and are attracted to footy for different reasons. But at the end of the day, you want to walk into an environment where you feel welcome, and it doesn't matter that you're different, but you, you feel welcome and part of the group.
1: It was interesting hearing uh, Ash there talk about the thing that she loved most was fitness and the biggest challenge was also fitness. What do we
2: think? Oh, I think even, again, like at all levels of the game, there's some wonderful umpires whose fitness might not be fantastic and there's others who are are quite good athletes who also uh, perform very well as officials in in the different disciplines. But, look, it is an important part uh, of officiating, but certainly it's not the be-all and end-all.
0: And I don't know about you guys, but I love the fact that we get paid to be fit and we get paid to get trained. You know, a lot of people, they spend money to go and uh, work out at the gym or with a, with a PT, but as an umpire, you, you get to come along and, and do that for free in a, a pretty fun environment. So um, that's actually a real attraction for me and, and probably a lot of people.
1: Mm. Um, we also heard about Alex, and I thought Alex raised a really good point. And what she said was the thing that she found most challenging was, you know you've made a bad decision, how do you move on? Right, and we've, we're all officials, we've all been there, Matt. Ha, I mean, how do we move on after knowing we've made a bad decision?
2: Uh, I've made plenty of them. Um, I think you have to accept that in- officiating is an incredibly hard job to do and across a game where you might be making twelve or 1,500 decisions around free kicks or play on and so forth, you need to accept that you're going to make a few mistakes along the way. So I think just accepting that is really important. Um And know that there's a next contest to come about and also it gives you some comfort knowing that the game itself is is really hard to play and umpire so like players we will often or at times make some mistakes but that's part of the game
0: it's a really good point you make and i think you know don as you touched on high standards before and i think umpires generally will you know hopefully have high standards for themselves but While the standard may be to to get a perfect score or make sure you're making perfect decisions, the reality is no one is perfect and you've got to be able to learn to manage um, every now and then you're probably going to make a mistake. And I think it's a sign of good umpiring, the ability to actually manage that and make sure you maintain composure and um, you're managing the situation so that you're not dwelling and and you're able to move on and, and make sure you don't make another one.
1: Yeah. Part of my mindset, I guess around that is actually giving myself permission to not be perfect and especially around bouncing I just when I have a bad bounce I just acknowledge it right it's just a bad bounce and I move on it's amazing how much easier it is to actually just go it was just a bad bounce and move on I try and do that with a decision but what are some strategies we think that we could give umpires around you know moving on I've heard different things around you know metaphorically closing doors on things and using different uh, train, uh, mind techniques if you like to shift your focus Is there are there any strategies that you guys use to actually move on from that bad call?
2: Yeah and I try and maybe not with the more experienced guys but certainly with the, the younger umpires on our AFL list that I umpire with pre-game I just say a couple of things to them and it's all around um, at certain points in the game today we will um, question ourselves on certain decisions and, and just to say that that is normal but we need to move on and we need to We need to roll with it. So um, try and, you know, when those moments arise, um, stay positive, move on to the next act of play and um, really just try and support each other throughout the whole game.
1: And ultimately, it's it's a moment in what is essentially a really long game, unless it's that last decision, obviously. But you've got so much opportunity to actually make many, many... Good decisions. And the fair chance is that you've made many, many, very good decisions prior to that decision.
2: Yeah, and can I just touch on um, a game I experienced this year? And it was a particular team, and they were down by a fair margin. And what I heard them say after a goal was conceded, and their body language and their positivity, um, I was amazed that 30 minutes later they actually won the game. And what certainly taught me a lesson, Donna, is what you were touching on before about... You're never out of the game you might have a poor first quarter or a poor half of the game yeah. but you can still contribute to the game in a really powerful and positive way and so that's where i observed this happening of, of an afl team just recently and i thought what a fantastic example of you know just that notion of you're never out of the game yeah
0: the positivity stuff is, is huge and don as you talked about. Um, bouncing before. And I remember I was on the bench the other day for a game and yep, one of the fieldies, okay, completely shanked the bounce. <laughs> and it was just one of those where everyone was, oh, you know, it was the crowd was getting into him. And I love the fact that he just had a wry smile. Oh, well, shrugged the shoulders, took the ball, threw it up and went on with the game. Because as you say, Stev, it's, it's a very small moment in the game and it doesn't mean the game's over. You've got plenty of opportunities to make great decisions. So why would you just, you know, g- give up on it? At that moment but just one final thing that you reminded me of in terms of mindset was um, I think it's also understanding how you prefer to sort of receive feedback and interact with your coach I've actually asked this year that I don't see um, the score that I get after each game I only want my coaching feedback because I know that I respond positively to the information but I know that if I've maybe got a deduction or something that might affect the way in which I respond to the feedback and so I think, you know, if you're an individual who's interested in getting the best out of yourself, I think that mindset component of understanding how you're going to respond to feedback is another area that can help your performance to stay positive.
1: Yeah, certainly. All right, we're lucky to be joining the umpire's room by Adam Davis. Adam Davis was a... uh, an AFL umpire some time ago. Adam, welcome to the umpire's room. Tell us a bit about yourself.
4: Uh, Firstly, thanks for inviting me, and um, yeah, we actually go way way back, uh, Donna's, back to the VFL, so um, yeah, I I used to umpire when it was black and white TV, Uh, that's how far (laughs) back it goes, but um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Just a bit of background, Um, so I actually started umpiring um, up in Queensland, Um, and uh, obviously not a traditional footy state, but um, um, really loved it. um, as you do, you start to work out that, hey, I'm not too bad at this caper. Um, and then eventually I moved to Melbourne when I was 20 and joined the VFL umpires um, from there. Um, after many, many years, um, eventually progressed onto the AFL list um, for where, where I was there for, uh, for a few years. And now obviously um, um, up to my neck in terms of AFL umpiring.
1: And you did quite a good impersonation. In the VFL. Can you perhaps give us a bit of a glimpse into that impersonation? Yeah,
4: probably not now, but um, maybe another time, Donners.
1: Okay. And then on to the AFL.
4: Yeah. So, um, so look, I, I actually, when I finished umpiring, I did a bit of coaching at the VFL, um, coached a number of the guys that are now... Well, let's just back up. Let's yep.
1: talk about your AFL crew for a minute.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. Oh you know if if Won't we take uh, long if we, <laughs> yeah. thank you um yeah i umpired um 39 games which was a nice round number to finish on um and um essentially yeah I was on the list for 3 years um had a really successful second year um, you, you love yeah, the fitness
1: area yeah okay. yeah
4: i wasn't a natural runner it's fair to say um and uh with the the speed of the game now, is never never really going to uh, survive. But um, but really... when
1: you did finish umpiring, you did run a marathon, right?
4: Uh, I've run five of five? them. Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> not not in a row, but um, right. But yeah, over a period of time. So um, yeah, yeah. Actually, love running now because I run for what I want to do. Um, but um, anyway, I'm I've always been a bit of a dour stayer.
1: Okay, and and where you are today, and why you're here. Tell us a bit about your, what you do as the national umpiring talent. Take a breath. <laughs> And development manager.
4: Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mouthful, and um, yeah, I've been in the role for five years now. And um, uh, when I took on the role, uh, look, it was to be honest, it was probably 99% um, all around community development, um, which I'm really passionate about. Um, um, but since I've been in the role, um, talent has exploded obviously with uh, the AFL women's competition, um, also national championships, et cetera, and, and talent ID talent development. So um yes, yeah, so it's a pretty big portfolio, but um, something I, something I really enjoy. Um, and as I said, I've been, been doing it now for five years, so it's um, it's it's been some amazing experiences and I've met some amazing umpires over that period.
0: So what's the your major focus Adam um, looking at I suppose future of the game is it is it the women's area or is it sort of spread fairly evenly I know diversity is a huge thing now yeah. what what are your major focus areas
4: Yeah so look um you know we're really looking at this changing the face of of umpiring and um and look um, we have four pillars that essentially build um, our strategic plan and um, diversity is a key pillar around that. Um, Another one is um, traditional pathways. So um, whilst we are trying to um, diversify umpiring, we can't forget um, our grassroots traditional pathway umpires that, that obviously have been there and make us so strong.
1: Adam and Matt as well chime in here, but I can recall pretty hostile environments as a young umpire starting out. What's it like today because no doubt you'd be at grassroots yep. what's that environment like now today compared to what it was when you know we started?
4: Look there'll still be pockets there's still you know on occasions there'll be incidents and we'll hear about them reported but um, certainly the the information that we're receiving is that the um, the match day environment has significantly improved um, over over you know the last five to ten years which is which is great. We've still got a little way to go. Um, but that's where um, it's really important that uh, um, football competitions really support the concept of, of, of a great environment for all participants, not just umpires.
2: And Adam just touched on uh, you know diversity being a key part of, of umpiring and, and growth in umpiring. Um, being part of the diversity championships is a wonderful story of um, two young brothers from Iran. They'd been... In Australia for about 14 months they were two goal umpires during this championships and um, when they first moved to Australia they didn't speak any English they took up of all things goal umpiring they love their soccer but they took up goal umpiring off the back of uh, an ex AFL goal umpire teaching at their school and taught them the craft and to see how good they were having never seen AFL football before in their lives before coming to Australia was just a fantastic thing to see and a a clear and obvious example of, you know, the diversity stuff and that it's working and we're we're getting more people involved from those backgrounds.
4: Yeah, and I'd also, and and, um, yeah, I want to thank Matt for all his support um, in that program, but um, I also want to highlight, we've got a a young Indigenous um, field umpire in Western Australia, um, uh, Basil Thomas, who uh just this weekend debuted in waffle colts how old he's 17 um you know and um obviously indigenous umpiring is an area that we we haven't been great at um and we want to really really um build our numbers in that in that area um and uh and we see basil as a a potential role model
1: it it, when you think about it i mean the I don't know the percentage of indigenous players playing AFL but you, like you said there's I don't think there's an indigenous umpire at AFL level
4: no no we're actually um, last time I checked I think it's about nine percent of uh, AFL players are indigenous or certainly in that 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 ballpark um, and we're currently got um, I think it's less than 0.2 percent of total umpiring numbers is indigenous so um, so that's a that's a real gap that we need to we need to
1: close so we did a a podcast a week or so ago with chelsea and we spoke yeah. about diversity and we you know touched on Chelsea's story yeah um, from a gender point of view but is there a different message or is it the same message that that you use to attract people from diverse backgrounds and i'm assuming it's cultural here or, or, yeah. or where you know yeah. parents are born and things like that but or is it the same sort of is it the same sort of message that you're you're applying you know across the board
4: so it's so it's always got to be a tailored message. Yep. Um, you know, whilst we can, you know, we group diversity mm. um, effectively. If we if we market and promote um, without tailoring, we we are certainly not going to have success. Um, but what I would say is um, there's something that's common across across all, um, and that is around um, role model. So role models right. role models yep. create aspiration, um, and then also. P- clear pathways, so you need, to, you need to be able to demonstrate to all umpires, um, but, but especially umpires um, from diverse backgrounds, what, what is the pathway um, and what can I achieve?
1: I mean, we all talk about the money, the money that you can earn umpiring football. How important is that in the message to attract umpires? Look, um,
4: if, you ask, uh, if you ask most young umpires why they started umpiring, the first answer will always be money. You know, the reality is that um, they love the game. Um, they see it as an opportunity. I mean, we talk about um, flip a coin, not flip burgers. You know, it's a bit of a bit um, corny. I did both. Yeah, worked at McDonald's <laughs> yeah. and umpired. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, popular guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so there's no doubt the money. The money is a great um, um, catch. You know, it, it's sort of that um, call of arms. You know, earn money but um, you know uh, we've just got a new recruitment portal called uh, which is umpire. AFL um, and on there we talk about um, yeah earn money but it's all about um, making friends and life um, you know, life skills and, and all that sort of stuff which is we all know as being part of umpire for a long time you almost forget about the money and it's about it's about the friends you, you make and, and, and your experiences.
1: Talk to us about community around. That's this week. Tell us, what's that about? What's the key message?
4: Yeah, so so look, um, Community Umpiring Week um, effectively um, highlights how rewarding umpiring in community footy can be. You know, we, back, um, you know, probably five plus years ago, we had these rounds that were umpire appreciation and, um, you know, guards of honour and... um, people clapping umpires on and you know um when I first came into the role um one of the first things I asked was of some community umpires I said what do you think of what do you think of umpire appreciation round and, and they said they hated it you know they hated you know it was it was um it seemed contrived and didn't seem genuine um and then we sort of workshopped it um with with uh, internally um and with state umpiring departments and we, we came up with this concept of hey why don't we just celebrate how great it is to be a community umpire and and highlight that rather than actually looking for the pats on the back. Uh, I've got some exciting news too, um, which one of our activations as part of Community Umpiring Week is to have four junior umpires leading on the AFL umpires in all nine games, and I can confirm that uh, Hugh is uh, leading on. Oh, uh, Huey! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's doing the Eddie Had Stadium game on uh, Sunday, I think it is. So um, so that's great news.
2: And that's a bit of a step down for Huey, who actually did walk out on grand final day a few years ago. So I must touch base and see if he's actually uh, agreed to uh, take part in that activity or not.
0: It's interesting, Adam, that you talk about the um, the changing face of, of umpiring. And... Um, I think you're exactly right. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, traditionally would view umpiring as something that, you know, you take up because, you know, maybe you weren't such a good player or it seems to be something that you kind of get dragged into doing as a volunteer or, um, but really, you know, and often if I'm talking to a school group or sort of doing a clinic or something, I usually touch on those wonderful transferable skills that you get um, learning to manage you know high pressure situations make decisions communicate um, all this stuff that looks fantastic on your resume if you're Mm -hmm. a young kid Mm -hmm. Um, and really like you say it is about celebrating all these things um, and understanding there are pathways now if you really want to go somewhere you can do it as an umpire it's it's not just something that you should sort of turn your nose up at it's actually something that is a genuine pathway yep. um, you know for if you want to be ambitious and talented mm, mm, y- you mm. can do it in umpiring
4: yeah and, and look I've got a news flash right here and oh, now a, so news a flash, newsflash <laughs> the stigma is gone yeah, uh, we have seen it. Um, you know, certainly over the last five years, that stigma of um, I don't want to admit I'm an umpire, or I don't. You know, it's a bit like that old um, uh, banking ad where they're at the barbecue and they don't want to admit they're a banker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think I think that the stigma of umpiring has um, has absolutely shifted away, and it's it is aspirational now.
1: So tell us what's what's been the impact, or what's you know what's had the biggest impact around you know breaking down that stigma.
4: Yeah, it's um, it's it's a really, really good question. I I, I think a, a large part of it, um, to me, started with even it's something as simple as us wearing colours. You know, like. Get moving away from the, the historical, um, the wearing the white. And I know there's still some groups out there that wear the white, and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not um, against that. But um, I think that was a bit of a start of it. Um, and also, I think we're better now at humanising umpires, whether that be at AFL or, or State League level. You know, we do a lot of crosses now during game. Um, um, we also do a lot more stuff just in social media and, and, and show, even show podcasts like this. Um, just shows that umpires are human um and um and i think that's sort of breaking down the barriers
0: i tend to agree with that i think just with the nature of the world as it is today um you know everyone's got access to be a bit of a media star if they choose to be um it's umpiring is no longer you know just be seen and not heard um not that we want to be the absolute loudmouths out there but it's um it's an area where you can interact with people and that, and they can build relationships with you and see that you know yeah you're a human being and um we actually do have personalities
2: <laughs> and great also at the diversity championships um mark williams you know um port adelaide premiership coach um spent some time chatting with the diversity umpires and just for him who's a a bit of a legend in our game uh, as a coach um his willingness and positivity to get to know these young kids find out about them and that interaction, for me, says a lot around the attitudes of, um, you know, coaches and other people involved in the game in terms of embracing the role that the officials play.
0: And Adam, sort of just with regard to that, um, I know there through the years there have been different uh, attempts to, you know, get coaches involved with shaking hands with the umpires and so forth. Particular rounds dedicated to that. Mm. Um, community round this year does it offer an opportunity for role modeling that change and are you encouraging community groups to to do anything like that
4: yeah i mean we've we've suggested some activities um some is around some of those are coaches and players um shaking hands um you know before and after the match Um, um also um, yeah, we encourage community umpires even going out to local footy clubs and attending their training so just again we talk mm. about just breaking down those barriers and um, building rapport which is which is really important going
2: forward yeah.
1: what about some numbers chip can you share with us any numbers that either around grassroots what's happening young umpires around state leagues those sort of things anything you can give yep. us So I think the exciting one is um, we've seen now um,
4: year on year 7% growth in umpiring numbers, which... um
1: Across the country or yeah, that's nationally, yep, nationally. Yep, yep.
4: Yep. which um and again you're gonna have pockets where you know we know there's some pockets in the country which you wouldn't believe this they're, they're having to send umpires to other groups because they just have too many and then there's other groups around australia you know i think some of the regional groups do it really tough you know so so when we talk about seven percent growth it's fantastic but there's still lots of work mm. to do um the really exciting thing and um um and it probably um it it, it comes off the back of obviously a revolution around um, women's football um, is we saw a 15% growth in female umpiring numbers last year, which is just, just incredible. Um, And, um, and some exciting news Um, next week, we launched the, the national female umpiring Academy. So, um, so there's lots happening in that space.
0: Just in terms of growth. I mean, that hugely exciting. And I think again, highlights the opportunities that are out there. Um, But, Amazing to have growth. Um, It umpires, you know, traditionally difficult to get numbers in. But with the growth of the game, I mean, is it still always going to be a challenge for for you getting those numbers and and sort of how do you sort of aim and what are you aiming towards and yeah. to boost those numbers
4: yeah it's it's conti- it's it's like the finish line finishing line continues to move and i mean they talk about the analogy of painting the um you know the uh what's that bridge in sydney yeah sydney harbour bridge right. that's the one yeah. um yeah you get to the end of it and you gotta start again but effectively yeah I, I see so growth of women's football and. I have a bit of a theory that umpiring sometimes follows about 12 months or two years behind a growth so we're seeing all these um, girls now playing football i think what will happen in reality is in 12 to 12 months time two years time some of those girls will say look i'm i'm not so much enjoying playing now but i love the game i want to stay involved and then we just need to make sure um that we're prepared um to to take all those girls into umpiring yeah
1: so on that prep thing last Podcast when Chelsea's talking about when she started, she wore a men's cut kit. So, what would it be like? What's it like now coming into umpiring as a young person? What resources are available?
4: Well, the great thing is we've got a uniform supplier that provides um, female cut um, apparel, which, um, you know, um, I know Chelsea and I've had a lot of discussions about, but certainly um, when I took over the national championships program, one of the first things I did was to um, I wanted to have the girls that were being selected for those championships to feel good um, about what they were wearing, and, and it's a real thing. Um, and Chelsea, I'm sure you know, can talk much more um, on it than I can, but um, I just think it's just respectful. You know, it's it's respectful. Um, whether you're male or female, you're part of the umpiring team and um, and we need to make sure that we're treating everyone the same.
0: Mm. I think you touch on and it seems like it, it is such a small thing to get right but when you do, you can make such a significant impact because it is about the symbolism
4: yeah.
0: um, and if people feel a part of it, yeah. um, they feel that they're a respected member of the group um, and also you feel comfortable out there, you know, you're mm. not sort of worried about stuff that's just too tight or too loose yeah, in yeah, certain places. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, that's <laughs> <No problem. laughs>
1: great. <laughs> so Chip, uh, thanks for joining us today. People want more information, no doubt. Um, how do they get in touch? What resources are accessible to them?
4: Yeah, so um, firstly, if if, uh, if you want to become an umpire, um, then don't hesitate, get into it. Um, as I said, the stigma's gone. So um, go to uh, umpire.afl where you can register your interest and, uh, and you will be contacted and uh, we'll set you up with a local group. Um, in terms of um, if you are currently an umpire obviously we've got some stuff on afl.com forward slash umpires but we're also currently developing a brand new um, website that will have an umpiring academy on there so lots of um, right. coaching vision lots of um, what's your decision um, some interactive stuff which we'll, uh, we'll see unfold um, over the next six months
1: and your social media handles yep so we uh, umpire
4: afl facebook is where we mainly play we, we do have uh, twitter and instagram but um, yeah obviously uh, we generally do a lot of our stuff through facebook so um, there's a good one being put up today actually around an interesting score review on the the weekend so um we encourage everyone to hop on there like us um and then uh give your thoughts on controversial
1: score review awesome i'm sure i'm sure you get lots of feedback like we do on the weekends all right guys that's all we have time for today uh, matt where are you off to this week uh off to adelaide saturday night crows and the blues crows and blues and chels
0: i'm uh Eddie had on Sunday. No, on MCG on Sunday. <laughs> MCG, Richmond and uh, Frio. Is that your game, Chris?
1: That's your game, Chels. Oh, you it's- looked at me funny as I was your game as well. Chris well, will be doing another big game, I'm sure. He's The last few weeks has no, been it's, getting all the big games. Oh, so. No, no, I'm, I'm wrapped because that's going to be the Fiona McBurney Match Day experience, and we're going to have a young person um, with Down Syndrome supporting us there. So if you're there and you see someone out assisting the umpires with the toss, uh, I think that's Alex who's going to be helping us.
0: It is, and I think Alex is a... A Richmond supporter so hopefully yes uh, keeping our eye on the on the umpiring duties yeah we'll
1: take him into the rooms before the game and see if we can get some photos with some of the players awesome. all right so thanks guys let's get off the training a reminder you can get involved in the conversation by sending us a question or comment through our facebook page the officials podcast while you're there like and rate uh, like and share our facebook page and rate this podcast on whatever it is the podcast platform you're downloading or streaming on